We are here five days a week, free on all podcast platforms, talking about your Spartans. But if you're a college football fan in general, well, we've got you covered here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Tune into your favorite Power 5 conference show on Thursday, September 26th, and Friday, September 27th. Search Locked On ACC, Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, and SEC on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, guys. Hey, on today's episode, to kick off game week... Ah, we got a golfer, huh? No, it's not any golfer, though. It is U.S. Amateur Champion of 2021, James Pyatt, for a full episode. Really fun conversation with him. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back, back. We are finally Back to game week, people. That's right. We are back, back, back. It is August 30th. It is a Monday. We are back to celebrating MSU football kicking off this week in Evanston against Northwestern. Oh, my goodness gracious. I cannot even comprehend it. Uh, Before we get any further, guys, uh, I'll just spoil the rest of the show right now. You probably already know. Um, Yeah, we're kicking off game week with talking to uh, a golfer. How about that for a nice little curveball here? Uh, James Pyatt joins us for a full conversation, uh, just full episode. It was supposed to be like 10, 15 minutes long, but we had such a great time. And you know, so was he. I, I didn't hold him hostage or anything. But yeah, we, we gelled. We had a great conversation just about his golf game, how he celebrated uh, Michigan State, all that jazz. But for the rest of the week, we do have football topics. And, well, we also have a football special guest, too, Uh in a surprise over the weekend, I did get a message back from one of the coaches I reached out to. Coach Cap, the offensive line coach, the assistant head coach, the run game coordinator. Actually, we talked for 10 minutes on Saturday, so that'll be kicking off tomorrow's show. Just, you know, talking to the assistant head coach on game week. Uh, I was very, very excited about that. And yeah, I think he had a lot of good stuff to say about the offensive line, the run game. No, I did not ask about the quarterback battle because that would have been a waste of time. There was no way he was going to just let me know. But, yes, it has been reported uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday early evening by Justin Thind of 24-7 Sports, I believe was the first one to have this, that Michigan State does have their starting quarterback picked. The according parties have been notified. And, yeah, guess what? They're still not going to tell people. <laughs> they're, they're keeping this information as wrapped up as humanly possible if that hasn't been a secret by now. I, I'll cut. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you clean here. I, I didn't even, like, reach out to the inside people I know because, I, A, I, I, I knew that they wouldn't tell me, and, B, I, we've made it this far. I kind of like the surprise by now. It, it's, it's like Christmas, you know? It's, it's December 21st. Yeah, that present's been under the tree since December 1st, but you know what? You've already made it this long. You might as well just wait for the big day and enjoy it with the rest of people. So, yeah, there is a quarterback one. Woohoo! Yeah, got I would hope so. It's game week for crying out loud. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Do I think that it'll get leaked potentially through the grapevine? Yeah, sure. There's media availability. Um, there's what uh, more than hundred players on the team that the media can talk to. One person slips. Uh, who's to say? But uh, you know. Regardless, uh, I feel fine with whoever it is. My guess is Russo, but that again, that is just that is a guess with a capital G. I am spitballing completely right now. But hey, that's that's part of the fun of having a quarterback battle go on this lawn. It's uh, 
an age-old debate topic you could have with fellow state fans. Um, yeah, so until then, uh, we've got five days of shows for you this week. We have five days of shows for you every week on the Lockdown Spartans podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And without further ado, I'll stop wasting time here, guys. Let's get to the man, the myth, the golfing legend, James Pyatt. Let's go, baby. He's a Spartan, the 2021 U.S. Amateur Champion, and a guy who has a golf swing I would trade 10 years off my own life to have. Yes, I am talking about the legend, James Pyatt. James, thank you so much for joining me, man. How, how have you been the last few weeks? Probably just okay, right? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, it's been a fun week and uh, some cool opportunities um, that have presented itself. So I've been uh, just enjoying the ride while it lasts here. And we were also talking a little bit before we started recording that this is roughly your 84th interview you've done in the last few weeks. So let's just clear this out of the way right now. What question are you most tired of answering so far? Most tired of answering? You know, I yeah. have no specific one. I just shoot for whatever, you know, nothing bothers me. I'm good to answer whatever as long as you don't want my social security number. Uh, anything's fine by me. Sure. All right. We'll start with a uh, mother's maiden name then. If I, No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so, yes, every question, yeah. Yeah, sure. Like furthest distance you've traveled from home, you know, the, the, the classics, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But on a real note, like every interview that I've seen or heard, you keep saying that uh, it hasn't hit you yet, you know, that it hasn't really sunk in. So now that we're, I think, almost two weeks removed from it, has it hit you yet? Like, are you getting any closer to it being real or are you still on cloud nine with no sign of coming down soon? Uh, you know, it's just a lot of disbelief is how I've been starting to, to picture it and say it to people because it's like, I was driving to the gym the other day at 6 in the morning, and I just look up, and my face is on a billboard saying, congrats, you and Sam Champ, James Pine. I'm like, is this even real? So it's uh, it's been crazy, just the, the stuff, the support, especially being from Michigan. Um, I'm buddies with the last two USAM champions, and it just seems like the, the support I've received from the state of Michigan has been even larger than what they received as USAM champs. So it's been uh, a blessing and uh, kind of just living in the moment, enjoying it while it lasts, like I said. And uh, I think, I mean, it's, it's kicked in, but uh, I think it'll fully kick in once I get on the tee at uh, Augusta. Well, fingers sure. crossed, I can't count that yet, but uh, – Augusta with those guys that's when it's really going to be like wow this is this is actually uh, happening so uh, looking forward to it so like I, I pretty much watched your entire tournament starting on Friday and then all night Sunday I, I like you say you can't believe it I can't literally imagine what it felt like because I spent the rest of my night saying I can't believe a Spartan just won the U.S. Amateur like that's that is insane <laughs> so like for, for you what was your night like I mean how, how do you even go about celebrating a U.S. Amateur for, uh, on that Sunday night uh, you know what? Uh, there wasn't much celebration. I hate to say it. It was uh, oh, no. after I got off the course. Yeah, after I got off the course, I signed some uh, autographs for a little bit, and then uh, USGA just to pretty much pulled me aside. They're like, "Hey, you got a lot of stuff to do in a short period of time." I'm like, "Okay." So uh, sure. I went and took some photos <laughs> of my family. They had the trophy set up too for me, and uh, after that, there was like a little reception for the club and uh, some of the members. They said I could bring close friends and family too in there, so I gave a speech and uh you know met with some people of the club and uh the community and then after that they pulled me in another room and like here's the deal um this is going to be the hardest task you do of the week so they had me 
autographing stuff for, I mean, no exaggeration, three and a half hours. So it was oh, like, no. when I, yeah, it was anything you could think of too. It was, it was pretty fun though. I was writing messages, just signing my name. I was like, uh, just printing them off. But like I signed flags, key markers, posters. I didn't send bottles of whiskey. Like there was some crazy stuff they had out there that they were sending to people with my signature on it. So it was, it was cool. And then they, they were giving me a few drinks while I was doing it. So they had an open bar. So I was enjoying it while it lasted. But uh, I didn't get out of there until, man, probably 11, 11.30, just from Oakmont. And uh, dinner that night was actually Wendy's. So that's uh, nice. That's uh, <laughs> how long of a day it was. Yeah, so people were asking me, like, what would you do? I'm like, well, I signed some stuff. I had some Wendy's, and then I just laid, it, laid in bed. I just uh, kind of enjoyed the moment with my, friend, my family being there. I was, uh, we still had the hotel room, so I just went back with my mom and dad and uh, just chilled out and, uh I didn't get much sleep that night either, but it wasn't because of, you know, all the drinking and partying. It was just because uh, I was just sitting there. I'm like, did this did it really happen? That was kind of okay. the, the mentality, and it was uh, crazy to think that uh, my dream came true. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, so far it's been uh, not a long week of celebrating, but uh, I did get up to East Lansing and uh, enjoy it with my buddies for one night this past weekend. So that was, uh, that was nice and uh, well-deserved. <laughs> You know, that that was actually further down the list of my questions here is, like, if you carry that trophy by Ricks, you get a cut to the front of the line, right? Like, no questions asked? Or what, what perks does that trophy yeah. give you in East Lansing, do you think? Yeah, you know, I will say it's just inspiring pockets, all this stuff. But, um, yeah, so it, it did make an appearance at Ricks. Um, I uh, I had a oh, weird about kidding, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was about uh, 20 or 30 of us, and I showed up, and uh, – I had a buddy who's actually the bouncer, but he let the manager know I was coming, and he's like, bring the trophy. And so I brought it through, and they're like, everyone's with you, VIP. Just come on in. So it was uh, <laughs> it was, it was, a pretty cool experience, yeah. So I actually had a couple football buddies. I mean, obviously, they get in VIP either way, but we were kind of making the joke, like, this is the first time ever you guys are going VIP with the golf. Right. And, you know, the, the football players aren't bringing it in. So it was, uh, it was a cool experience. Um enjoyed it and that was uh pretty much other than that i haven't had uh too much time to do anything outside of uh you know talk with people and uh working on the game getting back to the grind and uh getting in the gym and we will be back with the u.s amateur champion of 2021 james pyatt in a hot second but first need to talk to you beautiful people about sweat block wipes that is right sweat block wipes what we got Eh, four-ish days until game day. Okay, you apply Sweatblock right now. That's going to not only carry you through game day, it's going to carry you through the following Monday, the whole Labor Day weekend, because Sweatblock Wipes gives you seven days of protection per use. That's right, the doctor-created, doctor-recommended product gives you the dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, well, pfft, you're going to get your hard-earned money back. They stand by their product, and uh, why wouldn't they? So do the 13,000 people that have already left reviews for them on Amazon. They stand by it, too. Sweatblock, this isn't you know, some new thing that just popped up. No, they, they, they've been around for a while. And, you know, this, this product made in the USA also is made with, ooh, get ready for this, a nice promo code for you. That's right. Sweatblock.com. Smash in promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off your order. That's right. 20% off your order using promo code locked on at sweatblock.com or find them on Amazon. Once again, 13,000 
reviews, 13,000 reviews. That is a butt ton of reviews for people that just love their doctor-created, doctor-recommended product. Sweatblock.com, Amazon, or the fine shelves of CVS. That is Sweatblock Wipes, baby. Let's go. Holy, so I, I just wrote that down as a joke. I had no idea that actually happened. That's that's incredible. Way to take advantage of that. I mean, yeah. That's, that's going to get you a lot yeah. of pull. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you know what? I mean, I'm I'm sure you saw the photo of Tiger down there. I think it's standing sure. yeah, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so like everyone's like, dude, you know, you got to do it. Tiger Woods did it. You got to do oh, it. Oh, so, man. Yeah, there was a lot of eyes on that trophy that night. Not not only for me, but just my buddies protecting that thing. Because we're like, all right, the last thing you want to do is break that trophy in half in the basement of Rick's. But, I mean, it would be a great story, you know. Sure. But uh, at sure. the same time, you don't want to be the guy who broke the, <laughs> broke the trophy. Yeah, don't break it or don't put it on the floor at Rick's either. Those are probably two things you can't do with that trophy. Because that's you'd have to bring it to a hazmat <laughs> team to clean it up. But, yeah. hey, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's so cool, uh, though, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, if you put it on the floor at Rick, you probably wouldn't be able to get it off because it'd be stuck to the floor. But uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> no, man. It was uh, fun. Yeah. Well, I graduated in 2014, so it's good to see that things uh, haven't changed there at old Richard's uh, cafe. There, so <laughs> good stuff. Um, <laughs> but point blank, I, I mean, this is such a broad question here. But uh, what, what in your MSU career has helped you the most so far in your golf game? You know, whether it be facilities, coaching, uh, what what would it be? I put it at coaching. Uh, so I've yeah. always had the same swing instructor since I was a kid as well. So he's been a big influence. His name's Ryan Cairns. He's been a big influence on me in my life. But uh, getting to Michigan State, uh, him and Coach Luban started collaborating. And then obviously being so far away from home, it just kind of Coach Luban became also uh, a main figure of instruction for me and someone you look up to as far as he's worked with guys in the past who have had success, um, like Ryan Brem. He's a former mm-hmm. Spartan that's playing mm-hmm. on the PGA Tour right now. So it's knowing you have a coach like that as well as Coach Ellis who caddied for me this week. So having those two guys and uh, just knowing that, you know, you have to listen as a stubborn college guy and uh, they know what they're doing to get better has uh, kind of been the big thing for me the past few years. Um, just uh, knowing that what they say is right is uh, was kind of the key. And golf's one of those sports that sometimes to get better, you have to take a step back and know that you're going to struggle for a little bit. So they were definitely uh, great and, you know, boosting me up, keeping helping me keep my goals high and uh, always being there to support me and whatever advice they could give me, you know, just be accepting of it. And they, uh, they've they obviously done a phenomenal job of guiding me in the right direction. So it's, uh, it's been a blessing to be working with them. Right on. And actually here, um, let me pivot to a really dumb question. Uh, whenever I watch golf, you know, you got the fans that are roughly seven feet off the tee box. All I can think about is that I would absolutely smoke one of these fans in the mouth and that would, I would be so nervous about that. You kind of had that same thing going on. Like how nervous are you when you tee off around fans like that? Or I guess maybe a better question is like, how long did it take you to get used to playing around fans that close, especially at a USM? Those guys are on top of you. Yeah, yeah. We were me and actually Coach Ellis were talking about that during the round. Like we were kind, of, you can see us on TV, we were kind of laughing a bit, and keeping it loose. But um, mm-hmm. but the semifinals is when everyone really showed up, and there was I have no idea. We still can't think of the proper number. Our, our estimate was a, a thousand or so people out there watching. But for the semis, there's two groups, and we were the second group. So there's a group in front of, in front of us, and uh, there would always be people just up there in front of you standing way too close to the fairway or the green because there's no ropes like a PGA Tour event to keep right. people away from 
you know, greens and all that. So I actually was sitting there. I was like, all right, coach, on the first team, I, I was like, the goal today is not to hit anyone. It's a joke. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, there was a lot of times, you know, four. I mean, even on shots that weren't even that bad, you know, a couple feet off the fairway just because where people were standing. But we got to the sixth hole or uh, was it five, yeah, five, or the sixth hole, par three. And, I mean, it was the one hole people were actually standing in the proper distance away from the green. They were, like, 30 yards away because there's a bunker around the green. And uh, I hit this, like, I went right under it, kind of like this big block, six iron, way right of the green. And I go, oh, no, as soon as I hit it, I'm like, that's hitting someone because there's a, such a huge crowd. And you yell four, and I'm like, oh, no, please don't hit anyone. Please don't hit anyone. And I get up there. You can't really see the ball land because there's a swarm of people. But, um I get up there, and I'm like, look around. I'm like, oh, my God, sorry, everyone. I hope I didn't hit anybody. This guy is just like, he goes, go blue. I'm like, what the heck? Just oh. a joke, you know? And I thought nothing of it. And later in the round, someone comes up to me, and they're like, hey, you know you hit that guy. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, uh, yeah, you hit him in the ankle. And the guy came up to me after I won my match, actually. He, he showed me his bruise, and it was like, this, oh. looked like a softball hit him. I felt so bad. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. He's like, no, don't worry about it, man. He's like, I was joking around when I said go blue, but I am a Michigan fan. So I was like, okay, that made me feel a little bit better. But, no, it was uh, it was pretty funny, but I felt horrible just knowing, you know, you hit someone. And I was like, as long as I don't hit a kid today, it was kind of the mentality. <laughs> so I ain't no was, kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, not the most comfortable experience because it was actually the whole after that I hit someone and then, um, the whole after hitting someone, I was like, I hit an errant drive. I'm like, oh my god, did I just go two holes in a row hitting someone? Luckily, that one missed people. But I was like, wow, this is uh, this is gonna be a long week if I keep hitting it into the crowd. <laughs> so I think what Phil Mickelson when he hits someone, he signs the glove, puts like a hundred or a few hundred bucks in the glove, and hands it to him. What, what was what was your protocol? Did you have a few hundreds uh, on standby to, to sneak to someone? <laughs> Yeah, I wish I did, but like like I said in the moment, I didn't know I actually hit the guy. I thought he was kidding around with me, and then after the round, I was like, I'm a college kid. I don't know what I could sign or give, and I was like, oh, I just got to be like, I'm sorry. I feel so bad. Like Now, I wish looking back at it, I wish I would have signed something and gave it to him, but uh, yeah, I just uh, I didn't know how many balls or gloves I had left for the week being an amateur golfer who uh, doesn't get uh, you know every perk in the world those guys get, so I had to hold on to some stuff, but yeah, I felt horrible in the moment, and uh yeah, if that guy finds a way to reach out to me, I'll have to send him some something his way now. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, to go off that semifinal match, because the, one of the cool things is with this tournament is that even if you get second place, you lock up a spot in the following U.S. Open and then most likely a spot in the Masters. So knowing that you already locked those two incredible things up going into Sunday, like, do you ever let your mind just wander and think about next year's U.S. Open and next year's Masters before teeing off Sunday, whether it be Saturday night or Sunday morning? Or, like, how, how tough is it to stay locked into your championship match that following day? Yeah, I mean, at that point, I would definitely agree that, you know, once you make it, you're like, I made it. But um, Saturday's match was, I mean, almost – it was probably more nerve-wracking than Sunday because, you know – if you lose this match and this one, you know, 18 holes for the semifinals, you know, if you lose that, you're done. You know, you get nothing, actually. You get, like, a year exemption of the USAM the next year, and, you know, you get some pats on the back from local friends and family, but uh, you don't get any of the, you know, U.S. Open, uh, Masters, stuff like that. So that was a nerve-wracking experience. But once I got to Sunday, it was kind of like, yeah, we made it. Let's uh, 
obviously you want to win as a competitor, but uh, at the same time, I said, let's just enjoy the walk kind of thing. Because I remember on 18 going to Coach Ellis, I'm like, you know, how sweet is this? I mean, we were dead even going first 18 of the day, going into 18. And all I just remember is just appreciating how many people were out there, friends, family. And uh, I had all my old high school coaches there as well. or Everyone who's coached me in life came out that whole week. So it was uh, – it was phenomenal to see, and I was like, you know, let's just enjoy the experience while it lasts, and uh, whatever happens, happens. I'm obviously going to get my 100%. You know, you hate to lose, but at the same time, just uh, I appreciated the moment. That was the mentality for that whole day. Two segments down, one to go with James, who has been so gracious with his time and really having a great conversation with him. But first, need to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. That's right, Built Bar. You have heard us talking about Built Bar for weeks, months, if not probably coming up to years now. They've been a partner with us for a while, and thank God they have because they are the greatest tasting protein bar in the land. Cannot recommend them enough. Check out these nine flavors that they just always have. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is something for everyone out there. But maybe you don't know which one is for you. Thank goodness that BuiltBar.com has their mixed box where you, will, where you will get two of each of the nine flavors. Now, what is in these Built Bars other than just sensational candy bar-like taste? Well, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. How do they do it? Don't ask me. I'm just a podcast guy. you got to trust the scientists and the taste engineers at BuiltBar.com. I just made that title up, Taste Engineers. That sounded official and uh, apt for how good their protein bars are. So BuiltBar.com also has a promo code for you guys, LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. LOCKED15. 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Once again, it's LOCKED15, one word, 15% 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. And I am not done talking about our partners that start with a B. We go from Built Bar to BetOnline.ag. I wonder if they like me singing that. Probably not. Uh, oh, well, I'm still going to do it. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro college football action this season season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open right now at BetOnline. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. 100% welcome bonus. And take advantage of their opening day super promo. What's that? Well, it's easy. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when you sign up using promo code NFL100. That's all one word. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, golf, boxing, right to your favorite casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get back to James. No, no doubt. And to, to go into Sunday too, it's a 36-hole match for those that didn't watch. And at, at the halfway point, after 18 holes, you were up one, and there's a lunch break. And I saw it immediately, like, 
What goes on during that break? Are, are you talking about golf with your team? Are you trying to talk about anything but golf? Are you having like a, a Bud Light to take the edge off? Like what, what's going on in that <laughs> halftime launch of championship day? Uh, I just remember sitting down. My high school coach came over and then a couple of my teammates sat down and had lunch with me. And it was, uh, I, I honestly, it was such a, I was telling someone to see the other day, it's like, I could tell you every shot I hit of a tournament four years ago of a certain round. This week was like <laughs> the biggest blur ever. It's crazy. I just remember um, just kind of enjoying it, just goofing around with my buddies, my coaches. And uh, my only thing that really rings a bell is, all my of all my teammates that came out, uh, one of them, Parker Jamison, uh, really close friend. He's uh, he's been a great guy supporter. But uh, he uh, he sent me a text while we're sitting in there. He's like, "Hey man, I know your phone's probably blowing up, but uh, I only brought a long sleeve shirt today because I came from work. Is there any chance I could uh, wear your shirt that you wore this morning? Because I heard you swapping out shirts." <laughs> So we're sitting there, Craig. I read that to my coaches, and they just started laughing. That's like, that's the only thing I remember vividly from that moment. <laughs> we're like, they're like, dude, you're in the middle of a USM, and he texted you that. And I thought it was awesome. I was like, should I give my shirt? And they're like, no, don't worry about it right now. I'm like, no, it's funny. And actually, if you, uh, if you watch at the end when I'm uh, hugging everybody, all my friends and uh, family at the end, and I'm giving everyone a handshake, there's actually, they get the audio of me saying Parker, nice shirt to him, because he still has a long sleeve shirt on at the end, so it's pretty funny. Oh, that's, that's the mark of a good friend right there. Like, hey, bud, I know you're uh, kind of busy right now. You mind <laughs> hooking me up with a shirt, though? That'd be great. Yeah, I was trying to get it to him, too. I was like, I can't respond to his text right now. That makes you a great friend, on, too, but... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was like, I wanted to, and I told him at the end, I was like, dude, I was going to get you the shirt if you're standing outside the clubhouse, because I actually had it in my hand, I was looking through the clubhouse window, I'm like, oh, I don't see him, whatever, but, uh, you know, when you got 25 minutes to go to your next tea time after lunch, you don't want to play a scavenger hunt of where's uh, my buddy so I could get him a shirt, but uh, it was pretty funny, so I was, that was a good laugh between rounds. Me being the complete golf geek, obviously, you know, you get the 10-year exemption to the U.S. Amateur, you get the gold medal, you get the trophy, but the, the, the nerd in me and probably everyone else sees the, okay, you get to play at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines next year, where you'll be likely paired with John Rahm and Kyle Morikawa. You get to play a little golf course called Augusta National at the Masters. And then next year, not only is it the Open, but it's the Open at St. Andrews. So can you do the task of ranking those three in terms of, like, excitement? Or is that just an impossible task to even differentiate through those three? I mean, yeah, it, it's really hard. And, uh, I mean, you know, any major, you're going to have chills. Obviously, Augusta's coming first. So that's, in your mind, that's the one you're most looking forward to. But St. Andrews is, um, it's obviously, we played, we actually went there two years ago before COVID happened as a team. It's like a team trip out there. We got to play the old course. And I I remember just playing it, you know, on a weekend, and people are out there watching you, even, like, from the road and stuff like that, and they just live and die for golf there. I mean, obviously, it's one of the birthplace of golf, so it's it's just surreal. I mean, you play Lynx golf in America, it's nowhere near the same as uh, St. Andrews. I think the closest I've ever played is Banded Dunes in Oregon, but um, it's, uh, it's surreal, so that's... Uh, that's one that's going to be a tough decision, though, because they allow you to turn professional for the U.S. Open, but for the Open at St. Andrews, they don't allow you to turn professional to keep your exemption. So um, with, with winning the U.S. Am, there also comes a handful of PGA Tour sponsors' exemptions that um, 
you could kind of look forward to aren't in the bag, but um, in order to ter- earn your tour card, you need to be a professional, and to earn points, you need to play those events professionally. So it's um, it's actually going to be a decision of do I remain amateur for the experience or do I turn professional for the future of the career and, and miss the Open. So it's um, that's wow. going to be the hardest decision of my life. And, uh, yeah, it's um, – something I'm not looking forward to having to think about because uh, either way, obviously it's a win-win, but at the same time it's a lose-lose is what I've told people. So it's uh, how you, it's kind of a glass half full mentality. You know, I'm, I was telling someone, I'm like, the, the thing I'm used to in life is making the decision of what I'm doing on a Saturday night. It's not, uh, Hey, uh, do you want to play in the open or not? You know, so it's, um, life, uh, life kind of changed unexpectedly in the past week. And, um, you know, when the time comes to make that decision, we'll we'll have to think about it. But right now, it's um, just kind of enjoying the ride and uh, looking forward to the opportunity of playing at Augusta in the spring and uh, most importantly, the college season right now for uh, MSU. We start up in about a week and a half. So I got to, you know, short-term goals, start with the college season and not get too far in the future. And if you choose to not do the Open, are you able to, like, donate that spot, let's say, to, like, a – I don't know, someone like that's a 10 handicapper with a terrible iron game that you might be talking to right now. Is, is, is that possible, or, or is that uh, not not in the yeah. rule books? Yeah, well, I tell you what, if I could donate a spot, I might be going to the highest bidder, but, <laughs> you know. All right, I got like $40 the, uh, on me right now, so perfect. All right, excellent. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah no, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's a complex thing, but uh, I'll let you know if I can. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll write your number down and I'll start the bidding war uh, when you make that decision. So, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, on top of all that, too, and, and they don't really include this in the list of uh, U.S. amateur, you know, championship spoils. Like you get to throw the first pitch out at Comerica Park. You get a phone call from, I believe, Mel Tucker called you, if I'm not mistaken. But just what, what's been the coolest moment or I guess a few moments of the aftermath that you, you really didn't expect ever since? Yeah, well, it was actually uh, Magic Johnson. So, um that's, oh, uh, okay, sure. Even better. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's kind of a, a small name in the Spartan community, right? Now, oh, um, it was uh, – I missed his call, unfortunately, which is uh, the oh, biggest no. bummer of my life. But he left a, he left a minute-long voicemail from an unknown number. He did the star 67, so I can't call him back. But uh, I was telling people, I'm like, you know what? It sucks that I missed his call, but that's probably going to be the coolest thing ever to pull out, you know, at parties or whatever in my life and be like, hey, check this out. So uh, it's it's an awesome voicemail and just you saying congrats and um, coolest thing in the world. But uh, yeah, definitely that first pitch at Comerica Park was um, probably one of the most nerve wracking things I've done. I was telling someone I'm like next to the opening tee shot at the USAM. I don't know which one was more nervous. I, I mean nerve wracking because um, you know golf I feel a little more comfortable because I you know play every day. It's uh, experiencing baseball. I haven't played since middle school. You obviously don't. Mm-hmm. Not too many people get out and throw a baseball around for fun. It's more of a football. But um, so I was sitting there. I was like, you know, I haven't thrown a baseball in years. I went on the driveway and started throwing around with my dad, getting ready to go. But uh, once they call your name, you're out there with the the baseball team for the national anthem and all that stuff, and they kind of hype you up, give you an introduction, and your only thought is don't throw this in the dirt. My buddies were sending me all the videos of the worst first pitches of like 50 cent and all that stuff the night before. And they were out there too, kind of heckling me. So it was, uh, yeah, that was uh, not the most comfortable I've ever been, but uh, it was a blast. I almost sailed it over the catcher's head. There was so much uh, 
there's a lot of adrenaline flowing there, so it was uh, it was a fun experience though, and um, yeah, I've got uh, a few cute cool people have reached out and uh, just a lot of cool opportunities just walking around town feeling a little bit like a celebrity uh, even when I step out on a golf course there's people like hey can I get my photo with you and stuff like that so going from a guy you know that's just uh, I could go to any course and you know the only people recognize me are the ones who see the Spartan bag from now it's like holy crap that's James Pine it's it's been a, a whirlwind of uh, a week and uh, yeah like I said enjoying it while it lasts. That's big time, man. Yeah, and I would absolutely bury the ball into the dirt. Like, I played baseball my whole life. I, I would still throw, like, a five-foot skipper just because of the, the absolute yeah. nerves <laughs> overtaking the body. That I, oh, I, I don't envy that. <laughs> and I, I, I got, like, a technical question right now about amateur status and NIL because NIL, obviously, you know, you, you can earn money, name, image, likeness. But, like, let's say, hypothetically, like, I, I pay you to put a locked-on Spartans patch on your sleeve for the Masters. Is your are you no longer an amateur then? Are you now a professional, or how how does that work? Because on one hand, yeah, cool, college kids can make money, but it, is that not how it goes yeah. though with amateur status? So I uh, started talking with the USGA and uh, got in contact with some people who know more in depth details about this. But um, as long as it's not team apparel uh, during the season, I believe that's good to go. So um, I'm still, like I said, still looking into it, but I've had. A few people already reach out to me about what they can do and stuff like that. So I'm learning the rules day by day, but um, it's uh, it sounds like something that can happen. So uh, it's kind of a historic thing too, being able to be the first amateur who can make money off of uh, you know sponsorship, little sponsorship kind of deals around golf. Usually, you know, you can't accept a penny and uh, lose your status if you do that. But USJ's uh, Bending the rules now with the NIL stuff, it seems like gotcha. other than giving lessons, they're uh, pretty much on board for whatever the NIL rules are. And uh, I know they're making more updates to that on uh, January 1st, I believe. But uh, as of now, I believe that's something that's uh, good to go. So, um, yeah, yeah. anyone wants to reach out, uh, get in contact with me. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah, You know, because I was going to say, how can we get a locked-on patch uh, on you at the Masters? But then again, like, I think my budget allows for maybe, like, a, a button on your polo, perhaps. So, like, if we could get a locked-on <laughs> button, that would be uh, sensational. Yeah. You know, we'll stay in contact. We're, we're going to work something out there. <laughs> that, that'll be electric. Um. Also, really quick before I let you go here, uh, this interview will be dropping on game week, of course, for football season. So I got to know, prediction for the season, what record will MSU get? Can I can I pencil you down for just 12 and 0, 11 and 1? What what are we feeling here on your end? Uh, We're going 12 and 0, baby. No, that's that's the expectation. Yeah, yeah. Don't quote me on it, but uh, that's the expectation this year. I mean, I love Sparty and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, we're going to beat Ohio State this year. That's what I want to see. That's uh, Hell yes. a, a lot of things, especially, you know, a fifth-year senior. With, I would love to be uh, go, going to a national championship game to watch. So, uh, Coach Tucker, let's make it happen. But, uh, obviously, I know, you know, uh, a lot of moving parts in place, but uh, would love to see it. 
I love you calling out Coach Tucker. He uh, avid listener of the podcast, Coach Tucker. That's that's right. He never is misses he? an episode. No, I have no idea. No, probably oh. not. No. He has no idea who I am. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Hey, maybe he this is the episode know. he finally uh, tunes into. <laughs> Who's to say so? Yeah. But hey, hey James, you know, uh, I, I know I like uh, we, we tabbed you for a, a 10, 15 minute interview, and here we are like a half hour in. So to, to say I am thankful for, for your time it would be a tremendous understatement. So thank you so much for uh, hopping on with me and, you know, talking all things uh, golf uh, for, for 30 minutes, man. And once again, congratulations. And if you ever, uh, you know, want a shot of fireball this football season, which I'm, who wouldn't want to leave their friends and come take a shot with a guy in their late 20s? Um, yeah. Hey, just hit me up. I, I've, I've got a warm shot of fireball waiting for you, my friend. I love it. I can't. I don't know if I can agree to that on radio with NCAA rules, but uh, I'll keep oh, that crap, in mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for keeping me in mind, though, and uh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, two things before we wrap up here. First and foremost, I just have to thank James uh, for his generosity with time. Again, I, I asked for ten minutes, fifteen minutes before we started recording, and the next thing you know, it. We're 30 minutes in, and he was a really cool customer about that. So super, super pumped to talk to him as long as we were able to. And number two, yes, we have Chris Kapilovic, the assistant head coach, the offensive line coach, the run game coordinator of your Michigan State Spartans because we are going full on in football for the rest of the week. It's going to be a hoot and a half as we lead up to kickoff Friday at 9 p.m. or 8 if you're in Chicago. You can watch a game. That'd be fun. All right, guys. Betting on the Spartans doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, run team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag. Wherever you get your podcast, game week, baby. We're so back. We are so back. Let's go. It is game week. Oh, my goodness gracious. Go green. Go green.